I think I've told the guys this. When I was a little kid, I was almost eaten by an eagle. Really? I, I don't think, think I, knew. I remember I don't this. think so. Uh, well, I say almost. I mean, this. so this is the, the story happens exactly as I tell it. I cannot uh, speak to the eagle's frame of mind at the time. It'd <laughs> uh, <laughs> be weird if you could. <laughs> but I would have been five or six and just hanging out. And uh, up at my cabin, there's just this bald eagle nest. It's. It's been there my whole life. It, it, it sort of iterates eagles. I'm not sure on their lifespan. Right. And one time, one of them, e- e- either I was next to a mouse or it dove down on me. And I hit the deck and it uh, didn't try to lift off the child. I don't know. Maybe it got close enough to realize I was too big to, to fly mm. away with. I don't know. Yeah. That must have hurt. That must have freaked Dang. you out at the ripe young age of 17. <laughs> no, I said six or seven, not 17. Got it. I feel like it would be... A great way to go. <laughs> <laughs> to get Taken by an eagle. <laughs> oh, yeah. You wouldn't be the first. It's the most American way to die. That's top 10. <laughs> That's top 10, like bragging rights in, in heaven. <laughs> I mean, the only thing cooler than that is to have, like, been my friend at that time, right? Be like, what happened to your best friend? Oh, you know, the eagle's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, he became a bride of the sky. <laughs> My name is... Mr. Sour Pickle. They are the visionaries. Rappling hook. Unlock it, It's all about helping people. Float up with people. You're getting on my nerves, horse. We can't ever go back to Arizona. I need Rube. How did JFK get my spaghetti video? To help them fight Mondragore. Welcome everybody here. We're Saturday Tuesdays. You're back. We're back. Everybody's here. It's Saturday Tuesdays, the adult podcast about children's cartoons. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. I'm Austin. I'm your magical girl, Allison. Yes. Yay! Yay! Transformation sequence. Transformation sequence. Transformation sequence. Hey boys, it's me. Allison, you look so good. What's different about you now that you're a magical girl? Thank you. Um, well, I'm wearing uh, my favorite rainbow-colored sailor outfit. Uh, I have a ponytail mm. that reaches down to my knees. Um, oh. My scepter is sparkling. It's got little shiny bits coming out of the crystal on the top. <laughs> nice. And uh, my cell phone is fully charged. I'm ready to go. Damn, that's good. That's a good <laughs> Thank you. Thank it you. It charges your cell phone? Yeah, my transformation sequence charges my cell phone and a radial circumference around me of the people standing nearby. So, Oh, no, that's a good power. Yeah, you're all welcome. Yeah. That's so good. I, I mean, I we could be magical boys, but I don't know what would happen when I transformed. I feel like maybe, I don't know, do boys get, what happens to magical boys? I feel uh, like it looks like, it looks like we've taken you? a shower. <laughs> it only looks like it. Oh, Right. No, then your your t-shirts and your baggy carpo pants all become like rainbow colored. Um, oh. Uh, your your flip-flops turn into heels. It's like we've done basic grooming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our beards are trimmed. Mhm. <laughs> our beds are made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you each get a themed weapon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that, that's okay. We're getting back into the realm of, of the good stuff. So yes, yeah. uh, I, I've always been a fan of glaives, uh, personally. <laughs> Great. So, so I'll have a big, a big fucking uh, sparkly glaive. That's okay. tight. That's tight. I was thinking dookie tipped spear gun or like a like a dart, like a blow gun. Uh-huh. With Dookie with on, poop? The, on the You put poop on a blowgun? Gross. Gross. It's a little too close to the mouth. <laughs> well, right, but like you don't. Anyway, you don't breathe in. You don't suck the dart in. <laughs> Delivering septic wounds is kind of more of like a warfare thing. It's yeah, like good, I yeah. think a little too extreme Dang, okay. for we're up to. Hard to violate several magical boy conventions. <laughs> the magical <laughs> Geneva Convention. <laughs> right, Rory? Rory, what's your weapon? Oh, you know, I feel like what I've got is big old gorilla hands. Just big old monster oh. hands. Just like, huge, like the just foam huge Hulk hands, hands maybe? <laughs> it, basically, but I think it would, it would, they would, uh, they'd blend a little more seamlessly into what I've got going on. 
Okay. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Nice. That's kind of fun. Rory becomes a monstrosity. That's nice. Yeah, I've got a I've got a pink and crystal uh, butterfly knife. That's that's, that's my good. butterfly knife. But wouldn't yeah. you get distracted just flipping it around all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my attack sequence is um uh, uh crystal butterfly knife, and then I, I flip it around like a and ton, then you and just it's show like, shine, off shine, for shine, shine, twenty shine. minutes, and it's just like yeah, exactly. It takes like fifteen to twenty minutes to complete the sequence. <laughs> you could do vape tricks while you do that. Say, make also. sure exactly. all the other boys at scout camp know you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never actually stab anyone with it. It's just dazzling. Uh and that's, yeah. that's how I get that's how I get my enemies. It's just for stunting on boys at scout camp. <laughs> exactly. uh, hey, Princess Allison, Moon yes. Princess Allison, I'm so glad you're here because it's yeah. been a moon's age since you've last been with us. It was, I believe, October for yeah. spaced out teens when we had you. It's been um, uh, seven moons since I was last it's here. So many moons, and we're so glad to have you back, especially for something that is a uh, your bread and butter. Oh, oh magical <laughs> girls, especially a lesbian magical girls. I'm so happy, <laughs> so happy to be here. Uh, yeah. yeah, 90s anime. Mm. 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 Kiss. Yeah, mm. we're we're watching more Sailor Moon because, of course, we are. That's the that's our our rock, our backbone for this long mega arc. But today is our first day with Revolutionary Girl Utena. Ooh-hoo. I've never seen this show. I have somehow managed to never see a single moment of this show, uh, which is bizarre for me. But yeah, same, I th- same. I consider myself a pretty, uh, a pretty intense, straightforward weeb of a gal, and I've never seen it. It, it got past me. I recommended this for the arc only because I am more tangentially aware of it through all of the shows that it's influenced and all of the. Yeah, the, I also know of its pedigree, but not the footprint not watched it. that it has on the on the genre and on like. Yeah. And uh, no, I'm we'll, we'll have to talk about it second. We're going to talk yeah. about Sailor Moon first. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going right. to work up to it. But it's a Correct. discussion you don't want to miss because I think it's going to be fun. It's gonna be juicy. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be gay. pretty gay. Pretty so gay. gay. <laughs> so gay. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but hey, let's dive right in. I hate that that became part of our show DNA, but it's also I'm I'm slowly coming around to it. Embrace it. Well, we could we could we could come up with a new one. We I think we were, nope, were primed nope. for a brand new. <laughs> Austin is still <laughs> deeply attached. No, I'll Austin. clutch it like an eagle at the top of a mountain. <laughs> like the Tom I'll clutch child. it like a little boy. And I'm going clutch it. Clutch it like my sky bride. Everybody, we are doing our magical transformation into Sailor Moon, uh, my favorite Nintendo 64 game, I guess, Sailor Moon 64. Uh, <laughs> Sailor, Moon, <laughs> Sailor Moon Episode 64, Checkmate. God, and can you imagine if there were better video games for Sailor Moon? God, I wish. What oh. happened? A Man, lot of people dropped, dropped a lot of have balls. There been, have there been no good ones? There had No, there's... There's a fighting game. Like a game. Super Nintendo fighting game. Yeah, there's a fighting game that's decent. So that's what I was gonna say. Like with the animes uh, that I know of, like the like deep kind of like weeb shows, your One Pieces, your Naruto's, your Bleaches, have mm-hmm. they've never had like a popular video game, but they've all kind of created some decent fighters. Yeah, there's yeah. some it's... really good ones out there, but not for the ones you want. Nope. <laughs> Well, except DBZ. DBZ has a good fighting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some good when are we going to get um, that Cooking Mama reskin for Shokugeki no Soma? I oh, asked you. That's the question. <laughs> that's an M-rated game. Okay, here is the synopsis for Sailor Moon 64. Birdie challenges Sailor Mercury to a game of chess so she can get revenge on her and ends up discovering the powerful force of true romantic love? What a weird summary. That's yeah, that's that's what? not accurate. That's not what happened. <laughs> that's not the episode I watched. I wish it was. Unless she bangs our our smoking our smoking bandit Caddy, <laughs> Kitty Cat, whatever her name is, Catsy. Catsy. No, no, it yeah. definitely felt a lot more like you know friendship. 
Yeah, my friend. Found, like, friendship. But yeah. the synopsis says they fuck. It says it right. <laughs> <laughs> it says it right there. It says they fuck. It's in black and white on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, okay, so this episode uh, is is fun, and and what we're doing here now uh, is we were lamenting before that there we were not getting enough time with the other scouts. It was a lot of Rini and Serena time, and we like yes. wanted to know what's going on. And so we're finally getting time with the other scouts. And yeah, last we're week doing was it, Mars. Right. Or two weeks ago for us. Like last episode was Mars, and we redeemed Katzi. And this week it's mm-hmm. Amy, and we're redeeming Birdie. Right. And you know, yeah, yeah, so, so, so that's, the, that's the other facet of this that's interesting is uh, up until now, in the Sailor Moon formula, there's been sort of one emotionally complex villain. And now we're kind of like recontextualizing it. Like, what if everybody we fought is a person? <laughs> <laughs> Even Melvin. <laughs> Even Melvin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's been fun to see just because it it then requires a different type of episode than we're used to, that where where Sailor Moon shows up and just obliterates. Yeah, a, them. I like this. I like this Emma Frost knockoff. She's fun. Yeah. 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 It's a good time. Uh, I think the, the Catsy one landed for me a little harder than this one. Um, it was a better episode. Yeah. Yeah. But this, I still had a good time with this one. Yeah. yeah. There's, some, there's some Queen's Gambit realness happening. There's, there's a <laughs> lot of Queen's Gambit realness. Uh, Amy is our stand in chess prodigy in this episode. And because yeah, of course she's good at chess. Oh, yeah. It does this thing that Sailor Moon does quite a lot. Where and I again I don't know if they did it more deftly in the original subtitled version. Oh, you mean the hey, there's a new building just built in town thing? <laughs> yeah. So they so Amy and Serena are just playing chess, something they've never done before, and uh-huh. are doing it. And then completely unrelated, they're like, oh, also we're going to the the world of the chess, chess tower, the world the of chess, chess tower the that's been built. Tower. And Serena's like confused about it. Like Serena. That is why we are playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking about it um, all but, morning. But there is an amazing line uh, that insinuates that Amy, Amy used to be friends with her chess board. And then when she finally <laughs> learned how to make real friends, she was like, uh, I guess I guess I can. I guess I will prefer humans to the company to of my chess pieces. <laughs> she wasn't like I used to be so good at chess. She was like. I used to hang out with my chess until yeah. me and the I knight mean. and the horse won, which is, yeah. I guess, the knight, the bishop, me and the bishop. Yeah, the way that the older dude put it, um, who sh- this, so there's this uh, older gentleman that she used to play chess with. Uh, Hal Holbrook, oh, apparently? I'm just, oh, just an old chess man. Yeah, yeah, an this old chess man, man is talking to her. I, he says that. Uh, there was a time when you could think about nothing else but playing chess. I used to wonder if you did it because you needed the company. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, dude. Like, the way to just, like, totally. Amy used to talk to chess. Yeah. <laughs> well, so chess I wasn't, understood. So here's what I wasn't sure about, right? So this is, so the way I read it was, like, I thought that he was implying she only played chess because it gave her, like, human interaction with other people playing chess at, like, some yes, sort of, of course. chess you could, club. You could, you could better recontextualize it, but the language but, but used is But I thought is, that was is funny, is too, right? Odd. Because she was like, no, you see, I have real friends now. And he's like, I, I felt like, though. oh, what, chess. chess friends are just practice friends? <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny. Either, anyway, anyway, you've got it. It's, it's silly. You know, it is a little bittersweet to see all of the other scouts, uh, hope that amy could maybe go chess pro later that she could yeah. do stuff with a chess career and it's allison we just watched three episodes of madoka magica oh. and the sort of realness of not getting to do anything as a magical girl yeah. uh, is kind of hitting me with that bleeding into sailor moon thinking oh amy it's so naive to think that you're gonna have hobbies yeah, <laughs> like anything You're other be than so being busy saving everyone from the negaverse like twenty times in a row. Like I, yeah. I do find it very sweet that they were like, "No, you totally can go pro." When everyone really knows, like well, that's not what the, that's not what the structure of this episode says. But you know, <laughs> and also we're not what we're not talking about too. I mean, this would be sort of deep off the res, but it's like they're all encouraging her to go pro at chess. But realistically, that's not smart. 
Like you've got to right. be one <laughs> no. of the three best people at chess to make a living. <laughs> like it's yeah. bad and she's advice. too good at making bubbles. Yeah, it's really bad advice to be like you should be a pro chess player. Because <laughs> like it's as stupid as being like you should be a pro football player or whatever. Except there's a lot more football players than chess yeah. players. Like there's that's a lot more better people making advice. a living. <laughs> Way more reliable. I mean, the CHL is always looking for. Yeah, you could play hockey for Canada. But can you imagine the CHL? That's the chess hockey. Wait, the chess hockey. Well, here at Saturday Morning Tuesdays, we like to play a new sport that we invented called chess hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking though about the imaginary timeline where uh, Amy like tries to go to be a pro at chess, fails miserably, and then just becomes a chess streamer instead is way more entertaining. See, I'm also going to the Queen's Gambit like burnout route with Amy just like drinking whiskey in her underwear. You know, just as a total like, or you know. like ordering pizza with her horrible, her horrible voice. Like, <laughs> I want you to deliver me a pizza while she's slogging down gin, <laughs> wearing a hoodie at two in the afternoon. Yeah, is this a prank call, ma'am? I don't know what you're talking about. Absolutely not. I need pizza immediately. <laughs> immediately. Vomits. Vomits. <laughs> um. So. Uh, there is there is a weird moment also where Amy takes the girls to show the t- the great tower of chess that has been built. <laughs> this like chess Let Disneyland chess. in Tokyo, which I will say looks silly, but also totally feels like something yeah, Japan you can, you can would imagine build. That I take a in selfie Tokyo. there. Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But they take they take her, and Jupiter is very confused and sees a ro- the tower, which is a rook. Um, is this building, and she's like, Hey, I've seen that shape somewhere before. It's a, what do you call it, a kook, right? In chess, it's called a rook. Like, no, that's <laughs> called a rook. Which, <laughs> that joke only works in printed words, right? <laughs> yes. It also, it works in printed words, but it's also, it's for the benefit of teaching, quote unquote, teaching children about chess, which this show didn't do. This was not no. a sort of like no. children's introduction Super to chess. No. <laughs> so so the the feigning feigning that that's what they're doing didn't work at all yeah, yeah. and uh, meanwhile, people have heard of queens and bishops by this point uh-huh <laughs> meanwhile rubius has decided that the latest crystal point is also in this chest tower <laughs> yeah. and they gotta go send birdie to get it um not before she gets shamed relentlessly by all of her sisters for you know the fear of failure and yeah now yeah. the catsy's fucked up and become a human yeah, they're uh, just like, like watching Katzi on Villain TV being like, how does she fucking live as a normal person? That's so gross. God, that's, she's so <laughs> gross now. I, I desperately now- need to know the difference between whatever they are and human same. beings. Same, 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 uh-huh. same. Well, they're from the dark side of the moon. They're from the nega moon. <laughs> yeah, but, but like physiologically, well, what's but going like, on? What happens when Serena does her little moon magic? Yeah. Does she like... And they become normal well, people. And now, that, now that we're talking about the sisters, uh, two of which have, they've had screen time, but they have not really had character time. I don't even know if we know their names. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I'm assuming from the first it's episode. Dogsy and Lizardy. But, you know. <laughs> maybe in the first episode we got everybody's name. You're not wrong. <laughs> no, you're point, right, there, At this point, there is, uh, there is a clear pattern. Two points Actually, pattern. so um, just, so that we, just so that you know them, it's Avery and Prisma. That ruins the, the pattern. That's not I fair. Know. Ah. I know. I um, know. Avery is One my of them is also. wearing this odd, this odd suit of armor with um, pretty intense nipple action on. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. The yep. bubbos. Very, she's got, very she's got breast, nipples breast on her like. bubbos. Yes. She's got nipples on her bubbles. <laughs> is that what you just said to us no. on our very adult, mature podcast? No. Nipples on her bubbles. Oh my god. No. Austin, you're I called him as I seize him. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> yeah, all yeah, right. it's it's goofy. It's goofy. I mean, it, we we it just felt. Uh, I don't know. There was something weirder about this than sexy armor than uh than you know like a Val Kilmer's a Val Kilmer's Batman uh-huh. armor. It was so prominent because it's like a white outline in this dark green that they kind of illuminate the whole. It's yeah. hard to not the whole frame. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not even like that ridiculous caricature of like 
armor for ladies in fantasy no, they settings. Just put it's nipples like on it. It's it's kind of normal decent armor with just nipple signals. And <laughs> yeah. I mean Sending that's nipple okay. Signals. Nipple signals would be a good band name. I mean release the nipple and all, but like it's it's uh it's a But you yeah. don't have to draw it on your arm. Well, for a show like the Deke dub that is so like relentlessly well, censored totally. everything. Yes. Even the most tame shit. And then to have, you know, just nipple armor is, is a weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the rest of this episode, if you, you can you can kind of fill in the dots, right? So Birdie, Birdie is taking she's forcing her way into this chess com- competition that Amy has been sort of cajoled into participating in. And uh, Amy beats the shit out of her at chess, and so she has to fight back at the at the competition. And um, there's there's some good stuff along the way, but largely, uh, aside from some some nice moments early it's, on, the rest of it becomes paint by numbers. It's kind of nonsense until Birdie realizes she might not want to go back to yeah yeah to the rest of the team because it, uh, it didn't feel as obvious and earned as uh, when Catsy quits. It's kind of like. She's mm-hmm. just realizing because she's got a you know a head on her shoulders. Right. Hey, what happened to Cassie could happen to me. This is kind of bullshit. Yeah. The, right. Her uh, sadly proclaiming, uh, "Turn me to ice, so I never have to feel." I feel <laughs> that. I feel yeah. that. God, uh-huh. That sounds like like song lyrics, like like serious emo song. Turn lyrics. me to ice, so I never, so never, never have to feel. To feel. <laughs> or it's <laughs> like doing Neil Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she kind of goes Elsa, right? Like from Frozen. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so I do have to, what is notable though, in, in that early, in that uh, paint by numbers section, um, during this chess match, um, Birdie encases the other scouts in like a globe of ice. Yeah. And is like, you got to play me on my terms, Amy. You got to play my rules. And then they, instead of what I thought might be like an interesting match like actually something to do with like amy outwitting her opponent right uh we get i think might be a show record speed record for tuxedo mask appearing and disappearing <laughs> this might be the fastest you get a rose that knocks over yeah. a pawn and yeah. you know or a piece and is like don't ever overlook the power of your pawns for the game can be won or lost because of them farewell and then is gone Within half of a second, off screen, he's he is poofed and he's gone. Bye, bitch. They were in a closed room. Where? <laughs> what? Uh, what even was his trajectory to land? I don't even. Oh, I. Oh, Darian. I actually I realized there's something else that I wanted to talk about really fast. It's basically just a clip drop, but I was I was like maybe writing a note at the time, and my ears pricked up like crazy from what I thought I was about to hear. Uh, when Serena jumps in, when she shows up, she's like, Hold it right there! Every game's got its rules, but you've been making them up as you go along, you big slimy nega-cheater! And she goes, <laughs> slimy nega-cheater. I heard... You've been making them up as you go along, you big... Slut! Like, I full, <laughs> for sure thought she was gonna say, you big slut. And it was like... Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything with what I just said and editing that with the clip drop, but it might be really funny. Uh, it might not. But like, it it was it was really it was really intense. Um, yeah. Rubius also has this like evil self monologue early in the episode where yeah. he's thinking to himself, all of the sisters are just pawns in his game and he doesn't mm. care about them. And he calls them toil away, you stupid dupes. <laughs> which, which also feels very like abrupt yeah. and you like know, someone I was would, about to I say a different word. I would make the argument that Serena says fuck. Serena swears. Yeah, let Serena say fuck. Let Serena. <laughs> she say gets fuck. one at least. She she strikes me as someone who learned how to swear when she was exactly twelve years old and has not stopped. <laughs> uh, there yeah. was there was know. a scene. I mean, in... I'd buy into that more if we saw more of her mom, who is I think the least present of her family. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. Oh, God, I want to see more of her mom. Her mom, see, her mom, we've noted that her mom is kind of dairy and thirsty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She is, she is. That makes sense. Uh, I see that. I see that. He's probably closer to I her mean, age. I amongst us is not. Yeah. Maybe I'm projecting my own experience with a potty mouth mom, but I feel like swearing moms are cool and swearing dads are scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a scene last episode, Allison, where she's uh-huh. like, 
upset about Darian and uh, maybe it was two episodes ago and she's just full on kneeling in front of the fridge having the the saddest binge and that's <laughs> and that's Aww. that's a time when I would imagine her to be like oh, Darian found a new girlfriend <laughs> fuck <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. I believe it. Uh, Okay, so the episode ends with this uh, similar turn as last time with Birdie and Katzi having having a nice little moment uh, where Katzi fights for her. And even though she's kind of pushing her away and they embrace as sisters and... Sisters. It seems pretty clear that they are sisters. Yeah. The... Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes. Uh, the powerful force of true romantic love, and Wikipedia is the all all knowing sort of. Oh, so it's uh, it's cool to be- it's cool for a sister to bang her brother, but if two sisters bang, then that's off limits. <laughs> yeah, the rubiest thing is unclear. What his sort of his because he says they're a family. I'm just dating also. five sisters. I'm just it's just me and the five sisters. I'm banging. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to tell what's going on there, but part of that probably is the translation, as we as yeah. we saw last last time the the Japanese was significantly. Well, but Alan and Anne were also fucking, right? Yeah. There was Alan and Anne, yeah. yes, in the yeah. Doom Tree. Oh, yeah, <laughs> what happens in the Doom Tree stays in the Doom Tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This was a fun one. I I I enjoyed it. I'm I'm excited to. I, I don't know. In some ways, I wish that they had ended with the Catsy one to sort of build to a more interesting place because now we've got, uh, what did I say? Avery and yeah, Hoobastank? I think, I think, no, wait, that's different. <laughs> like Prisma? I think it makes Prisma. sense with Catsy because it sets the snowball in motion in a believable way where uh-huh. now Birdie doesn't have to have the full weight of a true emotional arc to be like, eh, maybe this, maybe this deal with Rubius isn't so great. Maybe being one of his sister yeah. brides is not what I want out of life. <laughs> <laughs> and the en- no. the enemies to friends trope is so much fun in like yeah uh, in, in shojo and shonen anime. Uh, being able to see that five times in a row is going to be a blast. So yeah, totally. I don't know that we'll ever get it for Rubius. Pro- I feel like Rubius is no, beyond Rubius is getting No, vaporized. he strikes me as a tool bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to a sponsor. Rory, Rory, uh, uh, did I hear my name? Yeah, yeah, you, you did. Because I have an ad they want you to read for us. I want you to help us make some money around here. And somebody's got once. <laughs> the somebody around here's got to do it. The sponsor I'd like you to tell us about is Green Bean Cabin. Let it, let's all just take a minute here and mm. really reflect on the gravity and the importance of green bean, green bean cabin picking us as their representative into the world. It, yeah. As their representative <sighs> from the fairy kingdom, we are, <laughs> we've been selected to bring the bean folk out, out of the hills. <laughs> yeah. I mean, until now, I, I, were we the first people that they contacted? You know, I have it on good authority. They tried Joe Rogan first. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think he got back to him, or maybe they found his his mountain man sort of oeuvre a little upsetting. Because mm-hmm. uh, these are these are a soft people, the green bean, the green, <laughs> sure, the, green sure. the beans of the hills. The UFC world is not their their native home. No, we're talking we're talking we're talking a little more Shire and a little less Gondor. Yeah, uh, I see. Yep, Gondor being the biggest <laughs> subscribers to Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna say gonna, that does feel like a very Middle Earth, like Friends of Dorothy kind of like coyness of just like he's a little more Shire, a little less Gondor, you know, yeah. you know Gandalf. Uh, yeah, so I mean, ultimately, uh, they are bringing with them. Uh, they make bead, they make bead jewelry, and um, knickknacks, doilies. Okay. Those are all for sale in our store. They also uh, can summon the elder bean, and <laughs> that I'm told is a real hoot. I bet. <laughs> yeah, what's the elder bean like? Do you know anything? Any other I facts? That, I, uh, but what I what I know for sure is ten people have to go onto our website 
and sign a pact, the pact of the elder bean. And yeah. uh, and once invoked, it cannot be uninvoked. The bean rides rides from the from the crest of the of the of the hillside and uh, into town, and selects uh, the most worthy it, to become the next you know the next and uh, the next the next great bean, the next great chosen. <clears throat> of course, bean. yeah. And then to be clear, the ten people isn't. I mean, it's just so that he knows it's worth it, right? It's just so that you know. Right, I'm not showing there. up for the three people. <laughs> yeah. How many people are at the party is, is always the person <laughs> the elder being asked. Will I know anyone there? <laughs> are there going to be chicks? How many chicks are at the party right now? <laughs> wow. It's been a while for elder being. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I like that we have this kind of fair trade seller operation here. You know, Sure. That- that we're able to provide the, the the green bean cabins wares and goods and and services and elder bean. Yeah, it's got kind of a gross Santa vibe where like we don't know exactly what the you know what the sweet green peas relationship is with the elder bean. Oh, and the work, like the work conditions or anything? Yeah, yeah. We, this is just a cabin. This is just a cabin where crap gets churned out twenty four seven. And it's, yeah, like we don't know if the know. elves are union. You know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, Unless we we're happy to take participating a cut out of in it. the in the commercialism, yeah, right. It's like you know, <laughs> you'll take the second day delivery because you want the thing, yeah, yeah, soon, but you don't really want to think about it, yeah. So don't think about it, right? <laughs> we were told this is fair trade for the elder bean, so <laughs> at the very least, we hope that he can kind of disseminate the profits responsibly. Yeah, that's everybody's hope. Well, thanks, Rory. <laughs> And be Thank sure you. to support Green Bean Cabin up on our store. Yeah, and sign up, you know, <laughs> sign up to invoke the Great Elder Bean. <laughs> King of Beans. <laughs> All right, it's time. We're doing it. It's Revolutionary Girl Utena. And I I don't even know if I want to read the synopsis yet. I mean, I guess I guess I can. I've never read this one out loud. So this is an experiment for all of us. Maybe this summarizes the show a little bit, huh? Let's find out. I think it'll, it might help a bit. We'll mm-hmm. see. So Utena <laughs> Episode 1, Revolutionary Girl Utena, The Rose Bride. Eight-year-old orphaned Utena is rescued from her sadness by a mysterious prince who gives her a rose signet ring. He promises that the ring will lead her to him again someday if she never loses her inherent nobility. Utena is so inspired by the unnamed prince that she decides to become a prince herself. Pew, 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 pew. All of this happens in about a three-second dream sequence, right? Yeah. yeah. So now yes. this is yes. the rest. So six years later, 14-year-old Utena attends Otori Academy and is in eighth grade, where her noble aspirations lead her to accidentally enter the dueling game and become engaged to the cryptic Rose Bride, Anthe. So, uh, right off the bat, so I want I want to give kind of like a not a high level. It, it was summaries, the high level sort of sum, su- summarization. Uh, this show in the first episode is quite a bit of nonsense, quite a bit of like just nothing makes sense. But it really draws you in. It really makes you want to follow up and figure out yeah. what all this shit is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very. Dre- it is very dreamlike. Rory, yeah. I think you're right. There is this sort of like fever dream feeling of the whole thing. I have this vivid recollection being in college and going, oh, yeah, I should watch some retro anime that I've never seen before. You know, downloading stuff off the, the file share off DC++ in the dorms. And I remember looking at two options and I remember choosing Mad, uh, not Magic Knight Ray Earth. I remember choosing mm. Vision of Escaflone instead of uh, watching this oh, show. Okay. Whoa. Whoa, and that's like a that's I, like a true fork in the road. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big Sliding change, doors, man. Yeah, what if, you guys? What if? Oh uh my but gosh. I never I never saw this and I'm so pleased. I'm I'm gonna be just, just eating this with a spoon. I'm 
all in on this. Same. I, yeah. Yeah. I am a, a I, I am a queer woman. Uh, I mm-hmm. and being able to like see a sh- I wish I could have shown this episode to 12 year old me, you know, like, cool. yeah. Uh, yeah. man, like I knew that this show was like extraordinarily queer, but I was not expecting for it to be as straightforward as this. Like from I, second one. Yeah. So, and I wonder, like, yes. knowing how like same sex relationships are treated in anime nowadays, like I'm not sure this show would have aired. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh yeah. yeah. It's Could be, it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of yeah. sobering that this show is twenty five years old and yeah. nothing has really quite replicated it. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, and you could on one hand argue, you know, like, you know, um, it was ahead of its time. It, but but yeah, but that being said, you know, gayness hasn't evo- it doesn't evolve like. A, right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's still it, just as it's subversive. Just, just sort of, yeah. But I, I found something really interesting with this. It, it puts a lot of time in this episode, like. Um, like almost like a B plot for the, if not the A plot of it, uh, into sort of unraveling Utena's gender expression. It, it's, yeah. it's really, it's really given quite a bit of attention. Um, it, it, and it's given attention as if, like, you know, when I mentioned the A plot, B plot, like as if it's got that prominence, it, it which isn't, you know, a, a value statement so much as like, I think a lot of times when you learn about a person in any media, book, TV, movie, when you learn about like their shit, it's usually given. You usually learn about it in context, in the background. It, yeah. it, it's it's not like uh, on the forefront in, in this, yeah in the way totally. it is in Utah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's when I think about like so many shows, and it is great that they have queer representation at maybe the end or later on in a show's run that they sort of it sort of dovetails into queerness but a show that is from the first second is just out and proud yeah about it is like so important and so rare well and i want to i want to just i want to give some maybe not deserved but some deserved points to modern anime in that there Mm -hmm. are options for sure. watching queer content Definitely. that are done very well. There's some really good queer romance. I mean, uh, obviously, Yuri and I went crazy in the, the U.S. Like, people people watch in the know it. watched it. Mm-hmm. It's watch good. It. Watch it. Uh, watch no, it, no. It. Well, she's saying watch it, and he's saying watch it to me because I'm, I'm doing saying- anime <laughs> bullshit. Guess what? Guess what? I get a pass. You're outnumbered right now. It means both in this sentence. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> the concept of gender is the one that I think is the ignored thing in anime totally. i think yeah. that totally. i think that the the gender i think that gender expression is still the big bugaboo i yeah. think they've gotten a little bit of more okay with like okay men can be into men maybe and women can be into women as long as you stay in your corner or whatever yeah. but the gender conversation is one that that anime does not really dip into and having out the gate and, and I, I don't want to keep talking around these things right Obviously, we mentioned it in the summary, but Utena's whole deal is that a, ma- a prince sort of saved her as a kid. And instead of going the way you normally would expect that fairy tale to go, where she marries him later or where she's just dreaming of being her his bride, she's like, oh, princes are dope and I want to be one now. And yeah. that's so an awesome reaction yeah. to start with. I love and it. It's really cool. And yet I, I think it's complicated because I don't think... She identifies with maleness. No, she does a lot of no. traditional femininity stuff. She's really that's what. So that was what I was going to kind of get to with yeah all mm-hmm. this time that's devoted to to her gender expression. At the end of it, she's not put in a box. I still don't really no. feel like I could I could write an essay about no <laughs> no. Yeah, she found her corner of being a prince that is her that she wants yeah. to be in. Like she uh, is a prince uh, who plays basketball um, and who wears a suit uh, because that's what she wants to wear and that's how she sees herself. Yeah, but she like, doesn't exactly wear a suit. That was the part that was so confusing. She's dolled this thing up. Like she looks hot in this boy's suit. 
Like she made hers. She's altered right? it. Like she made her version yeah, of it. That's yeah, really she did. Yeah, she, she has an explicit it. conversation with a guy who's like, Utani, you're so dope at basketball. You should just play on the boys' team. You're like a boy anyway. He's like, no, fuck you. Like, I, <laughs> I, I do this because I want to do. I want to be a prince and save princesses. I'm not a boy. I want to be a prince. <laughs> well, you understand? Specifically, he says <laughs> he, a big he difference. wants her to help him win regionals. Which yeah. In yeah. <laughs> modern context, is so much funnier. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a boy. Yeah. I want to be a prince is the thesis of this entire show. Yeah. yeah, I'm here to save beautiful princesses. How can I not make this more clear? <laughs> What's yeah. confusing about that? Yeah. And and I love she has this interaction with uh with a teacher early with on teacher? About, yes. about the about the uniform. And she's like, You're wearing a boy's uniform again. And she full out like airbud defenses herself. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She's like, there, uh there's nothing in the rule book that says I can't wear a boy's uniform. <laughs> she's like, Well, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> she has a great line. She's like, "Well, the, the uniform looks good enough on the boys here. Yeah, uh, what, why? What's wrong with me wearing it? Exactly. Like, oh, she's so cool. That's how you get me involved in a character. Is have yes. them be fucking dope from scene yeah. one. And all the girls at school want to date her so yes. bad. I, do. I know. I do the- love this trope. I've seen in a few other anime of the like sort of." quote tomboy or queer coded uh female character at the school who has like a harem of women around her all yes. the time who mm-hmm. just like shit houses the guys at basketball and then has like a harem of women <laughs> yeah anyway so oh, okay so so, so, so she does say specifically like almost word for word to the effect of like whose turn is it to let me use their towel who yeah. wants yeah. who wants your tennis sweet sweat <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah, this so girl funny. is fucking. God, she's she is. She's she perfect. is. She is. She's got the run of that school, and she's like new, right? Like I don't think she's been around here. Yeah, I don't before. know. So I, I didn't read the summary. I actually thought this school. I mean, aside from the fact that it's a boarding school and a college with dormitories, or especially in a in a in a fiction where the writer is an adult, are only arbitrarily different. Yeah. But I really got college vibes off this. I did not get middle Same. school vibes. She is everybody's way too thirsty. Oh well, yeah. And yeah. I think I think so something that the the student council president says at the end is something like I think she's a part she's like attending the middle school. So I think that there's like it's kind of like a K through 12 scenario here at Either this academy. Way. And I think uh-huh. they're high schoolers and maybe she's a middle schooler. Could be. Um I but mean, she's, she's definitely 14. She's, she, okay, so I mean, it, it's right. it's on the page. She's fourteen. It's it's undeniable. But she is drawn full size. She's yes, the size she's, of, we, yeah. we've oh, yeah, seen other adults. Long. They're all <laughs> long. Like, they're all longies. Yeah. She's <laughs> the long you know, ones. She's emotionally mature and physically complete. Like she's gone through puberty. Like yeah, totally. Physically and complete is a gross weird <laughs> word. I, <laughs> trying to say you know she 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 i was not surprised by the yes, fact professor that this- she's physically complete wow. <laughs> i just i was not even phased by the fact that these were college students and i was actually kind of intrigued by the choice to do that and i'm kind of bummed yeah. it was so far off base yeah but it was it, it's it's a weird yeah, it's a weird way that anime kind of obfuscates age, and they do it, like, all the time. Of um, course. But it, yeah, she's she's 14, so she's, like, which is why I was a little confused, because it seems like she's new here, but she's, like, the final year of middle school, of junior high, right? Like, ninth grade, junior high, and I then... I guess. Even the, I don't know, even the Sailor Moon girls are sort of, like, you could you would buy 14. I really am not buying this eighth grade. This, yeah, this eighth grade it, drama. It, it feels no one ever weird. Does. Especially yeah. the show. Yeah, the show is also so like emotionally mature and complex. Yeah, and right. I will for any listeners that are interested in watching Utena, just a heads up that there are in the future of the show some major like content flags just to be aware of. Sure. Uh, my understanding is there's some like a lot of intense violence and sexual violence and like emotional stuff that gets pretty. Harry for and anybody who's who's you I know, think I think all that. things considered, given the given the landscape at the time, they do a pretty good job foreshadowing that. Y- yes. At least as much as yeah. can be expected. Like uh there is a pretty intense slap right yeah. off the bat in this show. Several, yeah. Yeah. It happens a few times more, but yeah, yeah. like early on, it's like this is gonna be a show where somebody gets hit. 
and it's I, scary. Yeah. And these are the like these that. are the notes. These are the notes that I took. So like we jump right from Utena being like like remembering this prince and going like, oh, why does the scent of roses always make and me think of the past? Selling, and selling her basketball sweat to noticing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then she looks down and I wrote this. I wrote, oh, fuck. Gardner girl gets smacked in the face by green long haired hunk. Oh, no. Red haired hunk stops him. A hunk battle. And it really is suddenly hunks and suddenly uh, like violence against women. And it's yeah. very ah. sudden and up- upsetting. They do have strong like Maxfield, Stanton, Neflite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, enough light apparently the show took some pretty big inspiration from a Sailor Moon movie. Not just inspiration. Like a... So one of the guys who directed a ton of episodes of Sailor Moon took over as like series director in Sailor Moon S in the third season we haven't gotten to okay. yet. And while he was working on that and then working on the Sailor Moon S movie, he came up with the idea for this show. So like people who worked oh. on Sailor Moon did this a couple years later. Oh, it shows. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um... But there's and also so, some of that like Gundam Wing, like weird French royalty, yeah, like happening. It, yep. Uh, Man, that was such it, a specific this, thing. Yeah. Yeah, the world. <laughs> but it, it felt like it. Gundam Wing was like '95, so like. Yeah, that's it, before it, this. It, this is some '97. Yeah, so it all feels very in its time. Um, but the world is very weird because it's mm-hmm. it's it's a feels like a modern high school, but then in this strange sort of weird European fantasy realm. Yeah, like a like a there's a, there's like bloodlines and royalty that are like just a part of this school. Sort of without explanation. There's yeah. this girl who is sort of betrothed to whomever is the best sword fighter. The best duelist. <laughs> the best the duelist. Best, yeah. And also she has related powers, which we will get to later. Sure, uh, sure. But like duelists. <laughs> it's time to But there's it's treated very magically, right? Like she's yes. she is the bride of the sword fighter from school. And that's uh-huh. and that's and that's not only her destiny, but sort of her doom, right? Because for the yeah. first most of this episode, the best sword fighter of school was a psychopath. Yeah. Sionji yeah. yeah. is a piece of shit. And she was and she seemed pretty down with it, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure I'm not trying to excuse anything. I'm saying from the context of the show we watched. She seemed fine with her destiny until yeah. She didn't seem Utena fine with Sionji, but she sent. But she seemed to just accept that this was what was going to happen because of who she is. Like yeah, because well, she's the bride of flowers. I'm and the, the fucking. And, I'm the bride. Yeah. yeah, and it's it is it, it it makes it very upsetting. It's upsetting to look at. It's uh, upsetting, but the fact that they don't explain it makes it really intriguing. I'm really interested to watch episode two. Yeah, yeah. and I and especially. More. I don't know if this is ever going to get engaged with at all, right? But, like, especially given that in a sea of normal anime skin tones, she looks East Indian. Yeah. 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 And I find that really noteworthy. The The surprising thing, I think, is when we we see that first montage of Utena's memory of the prince coming to save her, and he has that that dark skin tone. Yeah, and it's it's not common. Like it's not like oh, yeah. a mysterious prince from the from the from the Ori land yeah, or yeah. something. It was just it's like that's just a prince. It was like the platonic ideal of a prince, and he mm-hmm. has dark skin. And it's like, hey, that's really kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I don't know if the show's ever going to like engage with this at all, or other, if it's just an aesthetic choice, right? Like, I don't I don't know, but. It is it is noteworthy to me as a as a viewer, and it did make me really interested because she's like this unexplained weird bride tending the flowers yeah, in I mean, like look, a. I mean, yeah, you know, racial racial shit is not the exact same in Japan as it is in the states, and no, it's it, it's still seen as a forward motion. I think, uh, yeah, to, to portray people positively who who normally don't get that kind of portrayal in a in a sort of um, monolithic culture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so Utena challenges Sionji, this asshole, to a duel because she's mad. That's what because... you do to abusers. Naturally. Well, but also he also did. Uh, he posted a love letter from <gasps> Utena's friend Wakaba. Oh, Wakaba. Her her love letter that she wrote to her. We haven't mentioned Wakaba before, but Wakaba is. It's first when she's first introduced, the her fr- Wakaba's friends are like, "Oh, you're waiting for your boyfriend," mm-hmm. and, and they mean she, Utena. She says, 
They mean Atena. <laughs> um, and it's it's really unclear. And they're saying like, oh, Atena, I love you. But I don't think they're dating. It's it's sort of hard no. to it's no. hard to parse what exactly. And I don't know if it's a translation thing, but it, it feels at the surface level, it feels like Utena and Wakaba are yeah, dating. Yeah, I didn't remember um, in Japanese if the common pronoun is a gender or not. There isn't pro- there isn't a pronoun. Uh, and if there are sort of inde- like indefinite pronouns that right. ever so used, the they're Chinese. not gendered. It's, it's, they're so not gendered. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah. So like, and and though the the word that they use is kadashi, which is gendered, and it means boyfriend. Um, huh. In a language that doesn't that isn't heavily gendered, it's a little more fluid when it's used. Yes. Uh, or, no, agreed, or, de- agreed. or or definite, right? It's one of the two. It's like mm-hmm. it, using a gendered word is is not as black and white because we use gendered european language (laughs) yeah yeah right but so so the what happens is they seem really close they seem like maybe they're dating but wakaba has a crush on sayanji and sayanji posts her love letter in public on the public (sighs) board and that's what sends utena to go sort of defend Wakaba's honor. Yeah, it was it's devastating. And there's a lot of cool little moments because he claims he just threw it away. He claims he didn't post it. And yeah. and uh, and that somebody else dug it out of the trash. Utena's like, why would you throw it in the common trash? And he says, what am I supposed to do? Like, throw everything away in the private trash? I I, I, I like that conversation because it, I like the conversation because it made sense. It made practical sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, it didn't make doing it right. It didn't make how it, what anything that happened right. It was just like mm-hmm. I threw a letter away from a girl I don't like, or from anybody I don't like, and yeah. now I'm in trouble. And it was like uh, kind of <laughs> believable. <laughs> yeah, but but she uh, she realizes that he is the captain of the kendo club, and so she figures, well, I'll duel you. And she doesn't realize that dueling him also means. Battle for control of the Rose Bride. <laughs> yeah, in some <laughs> sort of upside down natural. city where he gets a real sword. It's like yeah. Yeah, this is where we kind of re <laughs> we re-cement the fact that this show in this episode aggressively makes no sense. Yeah. In a yeah. great way, like I said, in a way that really draws you in. But mm-hmm. none of the logic leading from uh reading this letter to a fight to the death with some sort of scary hunk made any sense. No, the the world yeah. building vision of this entire setting is just aesthetic like it's <laughs> totally, yeah totally. yeah no why 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 is the why is it like this because it's beautiful Scripture. why is the upside down castle there it's an it's an illusion it's yeah, aesthetic it's, it's, it's just dope. there for it's fun aesthetic. yeah exactly yeah yeah I, so it turns out to duel sayanji she has to meet him in the secret dueling forest out behind the school <laughs> 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 you know the one that we're not supposed to go in which again is underneath an upside down city yeah. yeah. And up a staircase. There's no trees there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a, it's just an upside down. How come castle? I couldn't see this place from the forest? And he's like, <laughs> Oh, you so dumb she... bitch. Oh, you dumb bitch. I'm gonna beat you up. <laughs> you goofus, you thought there'd be trees in the forest? Wow, what a weirdo. <laughs> so Utena goes to this fountain and is like, What am I supposed to do? This blocks me from getting to the cool forest, and her ring reacts with like a water droplet that unlocks the fountain. It's a really yeah, cool the, sequence. The, the, the ring, which was given to her by the prince, who was like, This ring will eventually lead us back to each other. And turns out the ring is a student council crest for this particular school. So I, what I really like that the show is kind of doing in and amongst the stuff where we're like, I have no idea what's going on. It's like starting to leave us interesting breadcrumbs about who this prince yeah. person was. Mm-hmm. And that's like really interesting to sort of try and track what's going on there. Like, okay, was he like student council from like way back or like, where is he now? Like what's going on? And like, why did he, did he foresee this happening? Is this and what's his to connection happen? to Anthe? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know any of the answers to those questions. But it's very right. cool. I can't wait yeah. to find out. Yeah, she and so this part, she goes up the staircase and a song starts. Oh and my god. This song, I would say, is the one thing that really gave away the age of the show. Otherwise, it feels very modern, but this this song makes it feel old. <laughs> this oh, is boy. this is a funky, a funky moment. Would you like to read the title, Austin? 
Oh, what is it? Why the don't you? Oh, the title is The Absolute Destiny Apocalypse. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, something I wanted to mention with the how how otherwise undated the show feels. It's because it's dealing with topics that are universal, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and more than and not more than that. In addition to that, um the art style is there's a lot of watercolors, a lot of it it's not trying to be cutting edge and by doing so has sort of rejected the you know the the stain of time that comes with things that try to look modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's things that anime made. I like how the things that anime made. There are shows that anime put out in 2005 <laughs> that I can barely watch today without cringing because they look so dated. Right. This is a 1997 show that I think I could watch in 20 years and still think it looks really good. Yeah, Yeah, because what advance has been made to the world of watercolors? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. So, so yeah, so they get it to the top. She gets to the top of the staircase, and that's where we see this, like, illusory upside-down castle. Mm -hmm. And this is this, like, sacred dueling arena. And Anthe's there in a big dress. It is, like, her formal, I'm about to become a sword. Ugh. Kind of regalia. She's wearing her yeah. human scabbard outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's got a sword buried in her midsection and he pulls it out. Like, so you dramatically do a dance. and sensually. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do yes. a dance with her to pull it out. Yeah. You got to do a <laughs> fusion dance. I, I sure wonder what. Uh, do you think Steven Universe was influenced by this? It couldn't be. It couldn't, <laughs> no. it couldn't at all be. No, not at all. No, I don't see a connection. I don't know. Uh, it is. It is really, it is really very sensual the way that Sionji has to like pull it out of her, and then he's got a real sword, and and fucking Utena's stuck with a practice wooden kendo sto- sword, and yeah, I found that so odd. I mean, it, it works out kind of within the the plot beats of the episode, but like, if he's gonna use a real dope sword that he pulled from a woman's body, why is there not just like a regular sword around that she can use? <laughs> well, because she's she's a noble sense. prince, right? Like she is going to follow the rules that she established. She's not going to break her own rules. Sure, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she wins with the wooden sword. Yeah. Part of it, I guess, is that she uh, he's continually surprised by how little that she knows about what's even going on. He's like, oh. You don't even know what's going on. Like, you don't this know is anything weird. about circa 1870s yeah. France fantasy <laughs> <Which>? high school. <laughs> I, li- I, like this. I like this moment, actually, because normally this is sort of where the main character is such an audience plant. He's genuinely confused because she's wearing the secret society ring, but doesn't yeah. know right. Yeah. about and shit. And challenged him to a duel. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, you said you were going to duel me. This is what we're, what? this is our <laughs> thing. I'm surprised you didn't bring a sword. yeah Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool obviously she wins right i mean like they they uh the the way that she does is that they've they've both been given flowers and the 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 aim of the duel is to get the flower off of the other person's lapel and i thought it was a cool little twist on the sort of whether it's drop for us blood or like it it just it just gave it gave a fight a real aesthetic quality that was fun to watch Mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally Especially if you're not going to spend a million dollars on fight choreography, like, you yeah. know, it's really cool. And she manages to steal his flower, even though she like he cuts her sword in half. And uh, immediately, Anthony's got this shit eating grin and is like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, whose destiny promised to a new person. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I don't have much to say on this linguistically other than to just tell you what it is. But when she meets up with Utena after the duel and she says in the English translation, or at least in the subtitles, she says, from this day forward, I belong to you. But in Japanese, she says, from this day forward, I am your flower. Oh, and, a little bit better. Yeah. I find that better for the metaphors that like that the visual the metaphors metaphor that we've been clear, playing. Yeah. But interestingly, Utena doesn't do the thing at the end of Aladdin where she lets Genie go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, I don't know if she can. I guess the right? sword like, lady we'll, is mine. <laughs> we'll find out next episode, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she'll try. Maybe she'll be like, yeah. no, I don't want you to be owned by me. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting 
first episode. I, it's just like maybe one of the better first episodes of things that I've like anime that I've ever seen. Oh, it, it boldly refuses to explain itself, which I, I exactly. think is a really great. That's the hallmark for me of really great world building. It understands exactly what it wants to do. And if you want to follow along, cool, you'll have a good time. But it's not going to hold your hand and walk you through everything. Yeah, uh, right. I, I like learning about a world through experiencing it. And that's what this show forces you to do. It's not going to sit there and explain to you, well, her gender presentation is like this. And it's because <laughs> of this and da da da. Like, nope, she plays basketball. Well, a, where's now? In a modern, a modern she anime would have had. A modern anime would have had an audience of friends standing around watching the duel and explaining what was going on. Exactly. Or like yeah. passed it with like freeze frames to explain the different terms of everything. Like, yeah, there would have been over explanations uh, if this yeah. were airing today. And yeah, yeah, I can't even think of a comparable first episode where it's aggressively confusing in a way I found really entertaining and mm-hmm. engaging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just this is really good. Yeah. I mean, I understand why people talk about it now. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's let's talk about it more in the wrap up. Yeah, so we watched these two. We watched a Sailor yeah. Moon and Utena, and uh, here's the wrap up. Here's where here's where we are now. <laughs> at the end of the De- deftly <laughs> done, done, my friend. Yeah, deftly done. I've got a question for y'all. Um, so. This is in our magical girl arc. Mm-hmm. Mm. How do we see Utena? And, and there's obviously more to know later, but do we see Utena really as a magical girl mm. show? I mean, well, presently, I think there's a yes and a no to that. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, is only slightly magical so far. There's the girl with the sword in her body, and that's uh-huh. kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it sets I, it up well. Um, but I was intrigued by the possibility of this, like, Kind of taking a uh, Madoka route and really lingering on not being very magical. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Madoka is a good call out because I think in Madoka, in the way that Madoka was kind of a, a rule breaker and a and a um, a commentary on like power and on how the ethics of power mm-hmm. and like the the harsh realities of heroism. And this is fully deconstructionist about like gender and and sexuality mm-hmm. and patriarchy. I yeah I I want to say at least for now this is magical girl by association and aesthetics only. Uh, I I don't I don't mean to say that it's not magical girl, but at least given for this first episode, I, if you if you turned off the sound and played me some Sailor Moon and then turned off the sound and played me some of this, I'd be like, that's the same genre. Look at all those fucking roses all over the screen. Uh-huh. Look at all yeah, these long really people. Talk about the, the yeah. rose on the screen. They're using a really interesting design choice where there's this sort of floral painting frame that shows up all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really know to what effect it was supposed to do other than sort of reinforce the flower theme of the of the episode slash show. Yeah, I I think that it is a magical girl show with an asterisk. I can see like in the bones of this episode that there is the hint of like some kind of like secret identity or unknown identity of of, uh, Mm. our main character. Right, there's this there's this secret prince. Yeah, we've sort of predestined her by giving her this ring early in her life. Yeah, and it's it's kind of easy to assume that like the magical girl genre it has to include some kind of dramatic transformation, but it's not the transformation that's the important part. It's the identity that you actually are versus the identity that you wear in the world. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we haven't really seen like that transition yet in our main character, but we can see how it's being set up that that's what we're kind of building towards. Uh, It's her inhabiting this role that she is going to be like living through. And let me tell you a couple things that I know to be true about Utena. Mm-hmm. I, I have not spoiled myself, but uh, I've seen like quotes and stuff about Utena sort of saying like the very shoujo anime first arc f- is incredibly necessary from the creator's point of view to sort of like do that first before moving on to the intense, bigger I thing that. that they do in the show later. Yeah. And the first it is it's when you look at the episode list it's separated up into like four different like arcs or sagas mm. and the other ones all look of like oh, the, the black rose saga about 12 or about 24 about 12 okay. uh and so 
the first one, this, there's other ones that are like the Black Rose Saga and other stuff. And the, like the last one's called the Apocalypse Saga. Mm-hmm. But the first one is called the Student Council Saga. <laughs> um, so I think that I think very much this is the calm before the storm arc. Yeah. And we yeah, get to I know people. I think it's people. kind of a Scott Pilgrim situation mm. of like battling all of the other. I think it's going to be a series of duels. <laughs> yeah. We got to take of. down the Student Council, which is, again, Rory, your your observation is proving to be way more true than I'd like it to be. This Student Council is full of quirky anime captains. Yeah. And yeah. did you think I just made that shit up? <laughs> no, I just I just didn't want it to be as ubiquitous as it was. And it really is oh, all these quirky really... anime captains. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it. Like they're going to they're going to duel or deal with or fight or argue with all these members of the student council before. I don't know. The world presumably opens up afterwards and we're not going to get there during this arc, I think. Right now, the the one thing I will recommend that I did see from research is if you want to catch Utena, but you don't want to watch you know 50 episodes of anime or whatever there's only 39 okay well there is a movie that kind of recaps a lot of the major beats of the plot and then also Mm. goes further and it's even gayer (gasps) so uh, so that is apparently i don't know if it's better to just watch i'm sure the show is is better to sit down and watch and get all the rich story but apparently the movie if you're on a, a on a budget on a time budget uh I guess watch the movie. You know, life is short yeah. and I need my sword lesbians fast. And I think uh-huh. this, this feels like the best possible solution. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, Allison, let's, can we, yeah. Any more thoughts from you? Um, yeah, you know, on uh, this, this show is so dang special. I, I really wish that, like I said earlier, I wish I could show this to 12 year old me, uh, who grew up yeah. like very bi and very happy, but like, Boy, man, it's it's really refreshing to see a like overtly queer show that also doesn't try and like make itself for children. <laughs> like so so much of like queer shows for kids nowadays and for adults is uh, kind of sanitized a little bit to be like this like cute and quirky like all ages thing. It felt really great to watch a show that was very queer and very uh, very adult at the same time and asking some things. Yeah, we're not really questions. at a place where we can show like sort of morally complicated gay characters without that sort of not really invoking a larger conversation exactly and so it, it was really uh, refreshing to see something that was made so long ago and that was uh, like so of its time and ahead of its time at the same time um, I'm gonna keep watching this show because it freaking rules and uh, I want to fill my life with very pretty lesbians who are also sword scabbards uh, this is great. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, what, what sort of what sort of gay are you? I'm a sword lesbian. Um. <laughs> yeah, we, we got we got basketball French Revolution re- lesbian. We've got sword lesbian. What others are are waiting in the wings? We'll just have to see and find out. Yeah, all 150. Sword lesbian. I choose you. <laughs> Well, uh, Allison, thank you so much for joining us on Saturday Morning Tuesdays. It's always a pleasure. We'll have to get you on sooner rather than later. Yes, please. Uh, for whatever we do next. You you, you boys, and, uh, you know I love you so much. Thanks for having me. Mm, love you too. Aww. 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 And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Aww.